0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to A-Ball with Eric Ose. I am Eric Ose, and it is good to have you with us for this week as we'll be talking with one of the Marlins' top prospects in Thomas Jones, a resurgent bat for the Lumber Kings. He has been all over the place. He had a, a big home run for the Lumber Kings out in Burlington, which was part of a win against the Burlington Bees and part of three hit performances that have seen the average for Jones rise up to around the two twenty mark. That's what he's been averaging about. And considering where it had started for Jones, which he'll talk about on the interview, it was not a good one. He was in an average that was on the interstate, a 100 for a long portion of the season. But then the multi-hit started to come. The power has come as well because we record this on May 21st after the Lumber Kings with... A very impressive win against the Beloit Snappers, their fourth straight. Jones was featured in it, had a three-run homer, which was his fifth of the season, part of a five-run rally by the Lumber Kings in the top of the fourth inning here on Tuesday afternoon. But the pitching was the main story. The Lumber Kings having a no-hitter taken into the ninth inning with one out and broken up by Joseph Pena. Chris Vallemont, who had started it all for the Lumber Kings, you had heard him on the On A-ball as well, one of the Lumber King's aces. He's been the opening, or was the opening day starter and did not allow a base runner to reach against him here on Tuesday afternoon until the 7th. That is how sharp Alamont was. He didn't allow any hits in his 7 innings out and picked up the win. C.J. Carter then set down 6 batters and 5 of them by way of the strikeout, but unfortunately had allowed one hit. So I guess we could say he was the one who was roughed up in the Lumber Kings' five-to-nothing win. It was just their second shutout win of the season. They've now won four straight games and are 23 and 21 on the year. And it all started when we had talked with Thomas Jones back on Sunday in Cedar er, against Cedar Rapids in Clinton. That was back on the 19th. It was part of a come-from-behind win for the Lumber Kings. That was their largest in over four years. Lumber Kings were down 60 to nothing in that game. And this was coming off of losing four straight before this. So you look at the score at that... I think in the third inning it was, and it was six to nothing. And the Lumber Kings had just lost four straight games. So you were thinking, oh no, here comes a fifth. It's looking like a series sweep at the hands of the division rival Cedar Rapids Colonels. But the Lumber Kings, they came back. One of the big reasons why was Will Banfield. He's been someone we've been highlighting a lot lately. And the reason why is another resurgent bat for the Lumber Kings, an offense that is really beginning to turn around. Banfield in that contest started the scoring with a two-run homer into left field. It was his fourth home run of the season. He then had a 388-foot double off the wall in left center, a very hard-hit ball that was good for two runs, so Banfield with four RBIs in that game establishing a new professional career high, and then the Lumber Kings would score four runs in the eighth to beat the Cedar Rapids Colonels 8-7, avoid the sweep, break the losing streak, and then touch off the winning streak. They would beat the Beloit Snappers and consecutive games on the doubleheader, their first doubleheader win in Beloit since 1983. It had been quite a while. And game one, let's highlight who was the real hero for the Lumber Kings. It was Humberto Mejia. He had taken a no-hitter into the seventh inning, broken up again by Joseph Peña, which shows you just how effective the pitching staff has been that they've been flirting with no hitters this late into the contest here in Beloit. Mejia, though, would go the distance. In minor league baseball, and when it comes to doubleheaders, they will play only seven innings, but seven innings was not enough as both teams did not have any runs scored. So Mejia then went out for the eighth and he got through it. The Lumber Kings had rewarded him with six runs across in the top of the inning. They started with the free base runner at second base, part of minor league baseball's extra inning rules, and they made the most of it, putting six runs up on the board. It was their largest rally of the season, and then with Mejia going in the eighth inning, there wasn't really much of a question that he could make a six-run lead hold on. The free base runner would score for the snappers, but that would be it, an unearned run loud by Humberto Mejia. He would pick up the win, is now 4-0 and on the season, and ERA that is around 2.00. Mejia seeing that ERA drop in fact to 2.16 to be specific and that just shows you how well he has been over the last couple of starts remember Mejia had struck out 10 batters in Burlington to set a new professional career high and he could go back probably 3 starts for Mejia And that's how the average has dropped. It was over three when we were out in Dayton. Now is closing in on two. So he has been an incredibly stingy pitcher for the Lumber Kings as of late. And then picking right up where Mejia had left off, we saw Chris Vallemont come out today and take a perfect game into the seventh inning where he would then walk Joseph Pena. And then a single would break it up against C.J. Carter in the top of the ninth. So the Lumber Kings with lots of things to discuss, lots of things to talk about, but one of them, Thomas Jones, he has seen his average climb as well up to around the 220 mark for what was a football standout in his days, at least he's telling us that that was where he was getting most of the attention from, but baseball was always number one for him just because, well it was something that he always enjoyed and he talks about the swag that gets him through the grinds of the minor league season Thomas Jones will be joining us next here on A-Ball with Eric O. The Welcome back here on A-Ball with Eric Ose. We're now joined with Thomas Jones. Thanks for taking the time as we record this after a very impressive come-from-behind win on Sunday, May the 19th. Thanks for coming on, Thomas. Oh, no problem. Well, let's go over what has been a a really hot start for, or rather, a hot couple of weeks for you. We kind of touched on it on the pregame show, but now we speak to all the Marlins fan base on fish stripes. And what has been working for you at the plate? We talked about it I guess briefly, but home runs, power, average
1: two, a couple of three-hit performances as well. So has been the success like? Um, Mainly, I mean, just going in the cage on um, pre-workout. I mean, pre-work well, before the game and just doing the same routine. I kind of established a routine where I hitting Coach Frankie and just sitting down talking to Jacobs, you know, basically just trying to get my top hand because I know early in the year I was kind of just trying to – I was getting under a lot of balls. So basically just taking my top hand straight to the ball. That has been helping Um, just getting into a um, balanced position in my load and stuff. So I just feel like, you know, just basically slowing everything down. Because at the end of the day, the pitcher has to pitch to me. You know, instead of just putting the pressure all on myself, the pressure is really on the pitcher. So I just got to just calm down, just looking for a fastball, loading up for a fastball every pitch. And that's basically helped me a lot. And just, that's just like you said, just being, being relaxed in the plate.
0: Yeah, and uh, Mike Jacobs, we talked with him on Friday when we were – Asking his thoughts on just what you have done at the plate recently, and he he said that there was a little hitch in your swing that they mm-hmm. were trying to iron yeah. out. Was that what you were talking yeah. to in the work in the cage? I yeah, I
1: uh, talked to him, and this was in um I think we were we were in Dayton actually, and I was just talking to him. He was like, yeah, I have like like like, um, like a tad bit of a hitch, and so you know I just basically worked on that. You know, not going to the cage, just going there and just pressing on everything, but basically just going all over stuff that actually worked for me you know just basically keep doing it it's a consistent thing just like this game is every day so you want to have something that's going to work for you consistently so that's something I've been working on.
0: Absolutely that routine because when we were out in Chadwick which was a community outing the Lumber Kings had had on Thursday Alex Vessio was talking to a bunch of fourth graders for career day and one of the questions they asked him was a routine and he said that the major leaguers have arguably the best routines on the planet when it comes to baseball because whether it's a good day or a bad day that they kind of go out at the next uh, approach. So, is that something that you kind of learn through just, I mean, the grind of the schedule? I mean, you mm-hmm. look at 140 games, and so you kind of take it for granted that, oh, it's just, you know, 140 games, I'll get through it, and then you experience in it. So, is that where the routine comes in to maybe normalize things as much as you can with uh-huh. uh, as many games as you guys play?
1: Yeah, I mean, just going on, this is my second uh, full season. So, basically, um, establishing a routine, I mean, that's the biggest thing because one day you could go four for four, and the next day you go 0 for four. So, the main thing is to keep going the same thing. You know, it's just, you know, I heard, heard guys, you know, one Pierre is a good person. You know, he said he'll go out because he was a runner. You know, he run, stole bases, stole stuff like that. So, he will always, you know, run, you know, whether, you know, that one day, you, you know, you was 70% at the field, but he's going to get his, 70, his 70% is going to be his 100%. So, um, I, just, I feel like a routine, you know. Like Vets was saying, the best of the best have a routine. So you just got to keep that, you know, keep working on it. Even if if you don't have a week and it's not showing results, but your routine has to be there. You have to go about it each and every day.
0: Yeah, and uh, you a great guy to hit on. You said Juan Pierre it just kind of speaks to the uh, talent on the coaching side of thing that's in the Marlins organization. What has that been like to draw on? Because not only Juan Pierre, but you've got a big leaguer in the clubhouse here in Mike Jacobs. Frank Moore, I think, had reached up as high as the AAA level. Mark DeFelice had pitched. I know that's more on the pitching side sure. of things, but at the major league level as well. So there's a lot of experience for you guys to draw on. And you mentioned Mike talking to you out in Dayton on the hitch and the swing. And what can you say about that and how that helps in the development that you're clearly here? to do at the single a level
1: yeah i mean yeah, it's just like basically i mean I'm, I'm all ears you know every little piece of um information that i can get you know anything that I improve my game um you know one just talking to him in spring training you know he's always telling me don't overthink don't overthink stuff. Go out here you know play the game that you know god bless you with the abilities he abilities he gave you so i mean that's what i'm out here trying to do then jake you know he's i you know every any little thing he can tell me and give me info on you know i'm gonna try you know whether it's Bunting, you know, he was a home run hitter in the big leagues, but you know, still, I mean, he's always he's been around guys who, who've had all kind of accessories to the game, so he's gonna give that to me. Then Frank, you know, I had him as a hitting coach last year, so he pretty knows my my swing down to a T. So anything he sees, you know, he's just gonna point it out. Cause I know I'm a big guy, you know, I, over, I overthink a lot of stuff, so I feel like you know this year haven't really been overthinking and never. Never sitting down, you know, dreading or, you know, panicking, never that. So it's basically on to the next day, getting better day by day. Well, you're kind of a, a combination of the two because you you're a power hitter.
0: I mean, mm-hmm. you had what twelve home runs last season mm-hmm. out in Greensboro. You've had I think four so far this season, and that's kind of speaking to the hot uh, streak that we had touched on very briefly. But then speed too, because mm-hmm. that's also part of Thomas Jones's game. One of the fastest guys, we always say when he's on the base pass, and it seems like you have an instinct to go when you get the chance, as that's part of your game. So yes. how do you look at that as you try to marry the two? Because sometimes it's you know can be just a speed guy like a Juan Pierre
1: or a home run guy like Mike Jacobs and you kind of have that crossbreed that allows you to do both. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, you know, really with my game, I kind of don't really look at myself as a power guy. It just comes, you know, the pitch. I'm going to pitch if thrown, you know, I put a good swing to it. may take off, may not. But it's just basically, you know, just I feel like myself, you know, if I can go to the gap to gap, you know, drive the ball, power, stuff like that. But when I get on base, I feel like, you know, I can't turn it up with the speed or not. So I feel like I can really put pressure on the defense, you know, even, you know, just counts. I know because pitchers, they tend to, you know, I know it was a batter, you know, back behind me. Whether I'm on base, it's kind of like a different pitch pitch scheme, you know, whether if I am or not on the base. So, but, um, but yeah, I mean, power, I mean, I, I may get there possibly one day in my life, but, um, right now I like speed, you know, that kind of, it kind of helps me, you know, with a lot of my game. Well, there are some pitchers
0: in Burlington that would disagree with you, Thomas, on the power <laughs> power aspect side of things. And, and as we we're talking here with Thomas Jones, one of the top prospects in the Miami Marlins organization, what has it been like with the uh, development that comes along? Because you were a football guy, right, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, early on, and that's where I guess where the emphasis was, and at least where the attention from scouts had mm-hmm. come. And then you uh, go into the baseball ranks. So if yep. you could take us through just that path that leads you to the professional ranks and Clearly, highly sought of in the uh, baseball ranks as well as a top prospect with okay. the
1: Marlins, but go through the football side of things as well. Oh yeah, football. I mean, I, mean, I really, I truly have fun with it. You know, um, big, big, big recruit. You know, my first, my first offer was actually um, from Duke. You know, I got pretty much all a lot of schools. You know, top D1 schools in North Carolina, then South Carolina. But um, it was you no, know, it was a, it was a fun experience. You know, just playing through all that. You know, going to like. Um, camps and stuff, being around other top football players, you know, players that you actually see on TV and stuff like that are really good. But um, but it was actually fun. But I, at the end of the day, you know, I always truly love, you know, the game of baseball. You know, I just truly had fun with it. You know, not experience with most of these guys on this field in, in high school level. But I mean, I just truly had fun with it. I feel like you know, it was it was a lot for me to learn. You know, just being drafted. You know, I feel like you know, when I first got drafted, it's like I didn't know the game of baseball at all. You know, <laughs> and I still I'm still learning each and every day. And you know, just you know, one of my biggest things coming up, you know, you always look for results. You know, you always one of the best guys on the team. You know, you always hit every day and something like that. But I just feel like growing up. I mean, playing and um, you know, starting at 19 years old. You know, it was something that I had to learn. You know, results not everything. It's just you know how you're gonna go day by day because this is a long season. You can't just be you know down on one day. So you just gotta get back in every day and keep working.
0: Yeah, and uh, it kind of speaks to not getting too high, not getting too low, mm-hmm. with because of baseball, with them playing just about every day. And you mentioned uh, getting into baseball a little bit later. When would it start for you? When was the first time that you had really focused on, on baseball? Was there even t-ball early way yeah. back when? But, um,
1: yeah, I mean, I had I, pl- I played t-ball here and there, but it was, I mean, was you no. Know, I played um, regularly football a good bit, then um, then I stopped a little bit, then I played football. Like, I mean, baseball some more, but. I truly got into it, like, like really in depth with it, cause I mean, cause we didn't have middle school baseball where I'm from, so we had high school. But ba- you can play uh, in high school baseball in middle school. So I was on a team in seventh grade. I was in JV. Then I got on first in eighth grade. But I mean, really, I knew I could like actually took it serious. I mean, cause I was like a pitcher and like a pitcher in eighth and ninth grade. You know, I felt I thought I was gonna be like a PO one day. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I really started like taking it serious maybe like tenth junior year. You know, and that's when you know. But football, I mean, I, it was hot for me in junior year, but that's when I kind of felt like, you know, I could actually do something because, you know, my speed, you know, I had, a I had a good amount of speed on me and that really, you know, kind of set the difference, uh, difference between me and a lot of players. But, um but yeah, I mean, that's what, that's one thing, you know, uh, with baseball is just, I always have fun with it. You know, I, Came on the field every day, wanting to learn something new. Yeah,
0: that's what I remember uh, talking with you on our, our pregame show when we were down in Burlington, and I, I thought that was interesting because sometimes you hear from players that, that play football that they love the games, right? Mm-hmm. That that's, it's so much fun. You had mentioned Friday Night Lights, and it's the practices that yeah. are the real grind. Oh, where yeah. you're like, why am I doing this? And, <laughs> and baseball, I remember the first job I'd ever had. I asked a, a football player who'd come over into baseball, and he said, I, I realized that it was all baseball for me. Yeah. When I enjoyed practice mm-hmm. because it was still part of everything, and there was nothing that i felt like i had to get through in yep. order to to get to that moment so i was wondering if you could speak about that a little bit and what kind of pushed you towards the baseball route
1: um yeah i mean um you know basically yeah Like again you know those hot summer days you know down <laughs> yeah. in south carolina you know it, it can get in the humidity i mean it may be 90 but it feels like 102 so oh. you got oh. all those pads on but um mainly you know for me I just, I truly, you know, my heart, you know, I didn't have any family telling me, you know, you should do this, you should do that. And it was all, you know, wherever you want to do, we're behind you. That's one thing I loved about that. But um, mainly, you know, baseball, it just had me. It took me and I just knew that, you know, I truly, you know, developing this game. I possibly could be something, you know, great, you know, even better than I am now. So, um, but football, I mean, I like, I liked that, you know, all my friends were in it. You know, I had more friends playing football than baseball, you know, so. I mean, all my buddies, they were playing it. So, I mean, I just – of course I was going to continue to play. I was pretty good in it. But, like you said, those practices, I never – I truly – it wasn't for me, you know. And I actually, I actually had friends who went on to play Division One level in college, you know, and they were telling me, you know, yeah, you probably wouldn't have enjoyed it right now, you know, in this college experience. But – I mean, I mean, it could be different. It could yeah. be, but I uh, no idea. But, well,
0: I mean, the sport has something called a hell week, so that right yeah. there should tell you <laughs> just what you need to know about it, that right? <laughs> um, we're talking here with Thomas Jones, and we were talking a little bit about the power and the speed. Where does the defense fit in on this side of the game? Because we would seen you primarily in left field, but yeah. also we saw you take a start out in center field yeah. where you're more comfortable yeah. with. And, and again, to football, you were a safety, so that – involves covering a lot of ground and yep. that's a good place to put you I suppose to mm-hmm. use that speed you had mentioned out in the outfield so wondering on
1: the defensive side of things where that fact- factors in into the top priorities yeah I mean uh, I really I truly take defense on um, serious you know I try to because you know I feel like as a hitter if you don't get a hit you know I feel like I sh- why should I let the other team get a hit I want to take away these hits you know so um you know I playing play a lot of center field last year Um, trying to want to get comfortable a lot in the corners I've been playing left field a lot this year so I mean mainly it's just, you know, helping that pitcher, you know. As a hitter, you know, you want to have a high average, you know. But as a pitcher, they want to have a low ERA. So, you try, you're trying your best to stop everything, keep runners, you know, without scoring, everything. So, I feel like defense is just as important as hitting, you know. Although, as players, we spend the majority of our time in the batting cage before the game. But, I mean, when it comes to the defensive side, you got to take it just as important, you know. Even with BP, you know, you may see guys just standing out there, but really they, they're they out there getting reads and stuff. The flight of the ball, how does the wind taking that ball? So, you got to take it serious you know cuz it's going that can get you to the big leagues just as just as well as hitting you know so
0: yeah absolutely uh, we've seen several uh, key players defensively for the lumber kings and i think that's factored obviously <laughs> into the scouting and why we talk about top prospects, right, and why they are thought so highly of, and we're we're talking here with Thomas Jones, and what we had noticed out in uh, Burlington, and that was part of the hot stretch for you, unfortunately been sidelined a little bit because of an injury to the hand on a a hit pitch, but I I guess there's nothing you can really do about that, but um, how do you keep something going offensively? We mentioned that you you try not to get too high or too Mm -hmm. low, but you also have to kind of build on the positive that you do take away, and in Burlington, there was a lot. You had the Mm -hmm. home run, a three-hit night, you come back, kind of carry that into the series against the Cedar Rapids Colonels, which we found out, a very good team. Mm-hmm. The Lumber Kings dropping three out of four, too. But how do you take that positivity and then maybe build on it, that development aspect of it that, again, that is why you're, you're in, the, in the single A, right, yeah. to develop on those types of things?
1: Um, I feel like, you know, just going in, you know, because as a pitcher, you know, like you said, they have sequences of how they want to get you out. Um, so I just feel like, you know, one time, you know, you sit on that fastball, you're going to hit it. But at this level, you know, I feel like every batter, you know, every pitcher, every pitcher they're gonna you know slide a fastball in there once in a while they, i mean they got to you know if you spit on the off speed or whatnot so i feel like that's one thing you know as a hitter you gear up for that fastball then you know if they do throw their um slider curveball change up it floats you know you can put a good swing going stay in the middle of the field and that's where you get your hits on but i feel like you know when, when things are going well you tend to see the, the ball is bigger than usual you know you, can, you tend to see the spin the plane of the ball so I just feel like you know you just gotta you just gotta state your sequence. You gotta stay to yourself. What pitches do I drive the best? You know, don't go out, don't go out your box. You know, stay, stay, stay true to yourself. Cause I feel like you know when you're struggling, you start the things in your body start to move before you actually swing the bat. So when you're actually going well, you start you see the ball. You stay calm. You don't do these extra move movements. And you just stay you just try to focus on the middle of the field and the ball flies left right. It just flies for you, so that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, is that something that maybe uh, took a, a, a little bit longer to realize just the, the pitch sequences and, and just getting accustomed to that and the in-game strategy because a lot of people, when you watch baseball very casually, you just think a guy's going up there and he's trying to hit it as hard as he can, but he's actually thinking, well, all right, well, that was a curveball there, mm-hmm. so am I going to see that again or is he going to help <coughs> me in with the fastball? So that kind of chess match, as you've talked exactly. about, you know, that battle going on between hitter and pitcher, is, is that something that took some getting used to coming over from those football ranks and getting a later start into baseball
1: oh yeah of course of course you know you just I mean because I mean you know I was just I was a big athletic guy you know something you know it just comes natural you know and that's what a lot of coaches would tell me you know just let it come let it come natural come naturally you know I was a big guy you know if I wanted something I want it now you know I had a lot of coaches that say you got to have patience as well this game game of baseball you got to have patience and I wasn't a really good patient a patient guy at all so um but yeah, I mean, you you can I watch the games now just being you know sitting in the dugout you know, I can just see, I can just watch batters you know I watch um usually when I'm playing I always watching Carcione or um, Sims because usually how they pitch them they pitch me and um usually you know a lot of times they're starting Carcione off because he's hot you know he's, yeah. he's been tearing it up when Carcione they start him off with a lot of off speed you know to try to keep him swinging or whatnot but then later on in the back he'll get a, they'll get a fastball you know he will probably be over the plate I mean out of, um. On, outside or up you know but they'll they will throw him one try to sneak one in there and i always watch their bats because usually how they pitch them they're gonna pitch me the same as that way maybe a little bit different but it's kind of similar and so i mean that's one thing i've really i really um learned is just trying to like watch the game pitch by pitch because i mean a lot of these pitchers, they you know they may not recognize it but they do a lot of the same things over and over and over and once you get once you get it you know it's like oh man i already know what you're gonna throw next but as a hitter, I'm still gearing up for the fastball, no matter what. Right, because
0: oh, I think we talked about this in Burlington, right? That's kind of the money pitch where yeah, the, the money hits, that's, that's right? The, yeah, exactly, exactly. We had you out in a, and we should mention this on the podcast because it, it was a great moment, too, for the Lumber Kings. You were part of the first community outing out at Comanche Elementary School, and you were telling the kids about swag. And, yep. and you mentioned, too, that baseball is something you always like being a part of the, the day in and day out, you know, the practice and the games as well. So swag allows you to kind of get past the grind aspect, which would be the negative side of things uh-huh. of the everyday nature of baseball so wondering about that enjoyment of game which I think is swag right yeah. that's kind of the definition yeah, that you uh I think Collins had said Thomas uh-huh. Jones he leads the team in swag so <laughs> if you could tell us about the swag from uh, the Thomas Jones type of baseball that is played here in Clinton
1: oh yeah, yeah. basically you know I, my swag you know a lot of guys you know they think about swag think about the fashion you know out there you know but you we see you watch big leagues, you watch them on TV. You know everything they do is smooth. You know you'll be like you know some fans. You know they think you know they uh, they playing in slow motion. They're not playing hard, but no, they they playing with swag. This is how they play. It looks good, but they do it over and over. They have routines just as well. But they they know they know their game and they stick to it. And it looks so smooth to them. But um, but yeah, I mean my swag. You know all you know everything everything you do has got to be full speed. You know hustle. You know that looks good. You know to some people, but I say it's got it's smooth. You know and um. That's one thing as us, us in this level, you know, you know, we once we get up there it will look smoother, but you know right now we're just trying to get to it but again you got to have swag, you know. My biggest guy got like I know a lot of people been downing him about his backflips. I don't backflip. Oh know. I know Tim, Tim, and Tim Anderson, Anderson. We are yeah. on the same page, man.
0: I think <laughs> that's awesome, you know. And uh, you know, unfortunately, gets thrown at for yep. it, but that's the <laughs> old school nature of it. But uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. Favorite player, right, right yeah. now, and Tim
1: Anderson. Tim Anderson, he does it well. <laughs> well, we
0: we knew it from you with the swag because I think one of your first hits of the season was a triple out in right center field, and I remember right when you slid into third, we saw a little shimmy yeah, okay. and then <laughs> popped right up and looked into the dugout. So mm-hmm. I guess another example of that well when we first had you here we had a questionnaire and we filled it out by a lot of guys in you said you, uh, one of your favorite moments might have been getting drafted. Right in uh-huh. your baseball memories, I was wondering if you could just tell us what that was like. Because you know you'd been scouted heavily for football, but yeah. you loved baseball. You get drafted, you find out you're able to go professional right out of high school. Mm-hmm. So what was that moment? Not just for you, but your entire friends that, and family that yeah. are part of that
1: journey too. I mean, it was it was it was a great experience. You know, actually being drafted. You know, because I mean with my family you know everyone we're, everyone's big on college you know that's that's one thing you know actually um it was funny because um because i was committed to go to vanderbilt and um you know it's like everybody's real big on academics you know my family that's like that's like the number one thing still is you know and um so they were like you know they were like no matter what you know i had my um my, my number set when that it was like you know it's still at the end of the day school is still i was it's still number one i was like of course and so when I got drafted, you know, that was like, you know, it's up to you. You know, it's like we're, we're with you, whether you go to school, whether or not. So, um, but I mean, like I said, I, it, it took a lot of time, took a, a lot of prayers, you know, and not. But you know, and I mean, God answered it. It was like, you know, baseball should be the right uh, thing for you. But um, I mean, I think I, I think I made a good de- um, a g- good decision for it. But you know, like it's, like I said, just got to keep working and um i think my family i think they're happy for me you know i know it's, it's a it's a grind it's a it's, yeah. a it's a slow grind but hey that's that's still behind me only if, you know it don't matter if nobody else is but i know they they are so of That's course,
0: you've got to have someone in your corner if you're doing 140 games. Exactly. I think everyone's got to have, you know, a phone call to make or uh-huh. something like that to exactly. kind of get away from it a little bit. We'll let you go with this too, but some of the goals that you might have had coming into the 2019 season, you've got, you know, about, I guess, six weeks under your belt mm-hmm. of the, the season so far, and I guess asking how they have shaped up so far early on, but what have been some of the goals you wanted to accomplish or, or maybe develop in here in 2019, and where do you feel like you're at?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, basically, you know, um. Basically, my my number one goal is have a consistent bat, You know, consistent bats, good, good at bats, good ABs. You know, started it off it was kind of shaky. You know, like at the end of the day, I still was never never in panic mode. And um, but my main thing is just um, truly just having consistent um at bats. You know, spraying the ball hard hard outs. You know, if I would do get out, but just basically spraying the ball both sides of the field, consistent barrels. But um, mainly and also you know getting on base and actually you know putting pressure on the defense. Those are some of my goals. You know. And, and being a good defensive guy you know uh, just doing all that but mainly at the end of the day all those coming to one you know and just coming coming to the field and just giving 100% every day that's the only thing I can give you you know even if the results not there at all but I mean if I can if I give myself 100% I feel like I give it I give the team a better chance you know of winning so that's that's my number one thing
0: absolutely and the hand's feeling good right yeah the
1: hand's feeling good hopefully I'm icing it up I'm pretty much be icing it all day hopefully um if i don't be in there tomorrow hopefully it'll be the next day but okay. um yeah yeah I about i say hit on, hit on the hand but it'll be fine <laughs>
0: that's good to hear no break so thomas yeah. jones he's feeling fine and hopefully we'll see him in the lineup soon thanks so much for taking the time uh, here to you. talk with us on a ball And welcome back here on A-Ball with Eric Ose. You just heard from the Lumber Kings left fielder, just about every day left fielder in Thomas Jones. And a big thanks to him for taking the time on what was a come-from-behind win when we had talked with him on Sunday back on May 9th in Clinton. And happy to report to you that Jones is back in the starting lineup. A big part of the Lumber Kings win as we record this on Tuesday, May 21st, had been hit by a pitch On the hand, against the Cedar Rapids Colonels, was then out of the lineup for a few days, but was able to return. He told you in the interview that he was gearing for Game 2 of the doubleheader, if not to start on Tuesday. Well, Thomas, he was true to his word. Returned to the Lumber Kings' starting lineup in left field in Game 2 of a doubleheader, which was a win for the Lumber Kings, 2-1 to over the Beloit Snappers. And so the Lumber Kings, with 23-21 and record, can now start to look a little bit at the... Playoff implications. They are currently six games out of first place in the Western Division, three games back of a wild card by the Burlington Bees as the Lumber Kings for a little bit when they fell and four straight to the Cedar Rapids Colonels and Burlington Bees. They were starting to slip in the standings at one point, were tied for seventh, but that just kind of shows you how tightly packed the division is for the Clinton Lumber Kings, the single-A affiliate for the Miami Marlins. A team that has seen the offense come around and also highlighting one of the top prospects in Connor Scott. His average is now up over the 200 mark as well, which had been stuck on the interstate on the 100s for the better part of this season. Banfield, we have touched on with a 235 average as we record this now on Tuesday. And also, one negative side of things or something that is not quite as positive, but Gerard Encarnacion for the Clinton Lumber Kings who we had been talking about it maybe have felt like ad nauseum because of how successful he has been. Well, Encarnacion had come into the contest here on Tuesday with an 0 for 14 slide. He then grounded out to the second baseman in the second inning to make it 0 for 15, but would come back because we know Gerard cannot stay quiet for too long. He, in fact, started the scoring in the five run rally on Tuesday afternoon in Beloit with his 10th double of the season, his Midwest League leading 34th RBI. He would add a single in the seventh inning to make it his 15th multi hit game of the season. So Gerard Encarnacion. Carnacion. The average has dipped under the 300 mark at 294, but never someone that is quiet for too long. So that is the full report card for the Clinton Lumber Kings and their right fielder Gerard Carnacion. The pitching, which has continued to continued to be strong for the Lumber Kings, and a big reason why they have taken the first three contests from the Beloit Snappers as they have won their first five games in Beloit to start the season, the single-A affiliate of the Oakland Athletics. The Lumber Kings have been finished with their Eastern Division swing when we had last spoken with you with Sean Reynolds out in Bowling Green. And so now it will be against the West for the rest of the first half. They'll take on the Burlington Bees starting on Friday night in Clinton for a four-game series on Memorial Day weekend. And then the Wisconsin Tim Rattlers on the road for three starting on May 28th and running through the 30th. All important games, the Lumber Kings will be facing opponents that they hadn't faced really until April, but that's pretty good because these are the guys that are ahead of them in the standings. The King County Cougars still above the Lumber Kings. They're the single-A affiliate for the Arizona Diamondbacks, as are the Burlington Bees, who have the wild card spot currently in the Western Division. They are the single-A affiliate of the Los Angeles Angels and the Quad Cities River Bandits, who seem like they're running away with the Western Division, the single-A affiliate of the Houston Astros and... Talking to players and not just on the Lumber Kings, but other teams as well, they have cited the River Bandits as perhaps the most talented team here in the Midwest League. But Reynolds, who you heard last week say that he would take the Lumber Kings lineup against anyone, and it is starting to click a little bit. We have seen some beanball being played as of late too. So some, I'm sure, some sore soldiers in hand because. As we mentioned, Jones hit by a pitch on the hand. He was just one of several. He was sidelined for a couple of days. Demetrius Sims had a scary moment here on Tuesday afternoon in Beloit as he was hit on the hand it looked like and then looked for a second as though he might not continue, had to be looked at by the trainer, Melissa Hampton, stayed in the game, would in fact score a run in that inning on the Thomas Jones home run. And the Lumber Kings would also see a bit of a scary moment when Will Banfield was hit high on the left shoulder up around the head area, but he also had stayed in the game. So painful, painful ways to get on base, I'm sure, for Lumber Kings batters, but the bean ball, it has affected them. Sims had already been on the injured list earlier this year, but as we mentioned, staying in the contest, even though he did give us a scare in what was the final game, for the Lumber Kings against the Cedar Rapids Colonels as he had started for the Lumber Kings and then was taken out for a for some discomfort. In fact, that was back on Saturday night and replaced then by Zach Scott. But Sims has since been in the lineup every day and he has been a steady force for the Lumber Kings, batting all over in the Lumber Kings lineup, whether it is... And the two spot, which is where he had occupied when Christopher Torres was hurt, he's batted three, he's even batted fifth and sixth, and Sims now batting 287 on the season. He also was part of that rally in the fifth inning, so the Lumber Kings with some beanball trying to get over it, some soreness I'm sure, but nobody on the injured list, which is always good news. And wins as well, four right for the Lumber Kings as we record this again on Tuesday the 21st, tied for the longest winning streak of the season. That's going to do it for us here on A-Ball with Eric Ose on our eighth episode. A big thanks to our guest Thomas Jones for joining us and to all of you for listening. We hope you enjoyed it and we hope that you can join us next week. We're not quite sure who we'll be talking to but given the way the pitching has gone we may have to snag a pitcher because uh, they keep zeroing in on this no-hitter thing and who knows maybe the next time we talk to you we'll have a no-hitter to talk about. Lumber Kings have certainly been pretty close to it here against the Beloit Snappers. We'll shamelessly plug the lumber kings broadcast side of things for all of you wanting to listen to the marlin single a affiliate you can follow all of the action with yours truly ericos on the call on 100.3 fm wcci if you are in the broadcast range for those of you who are not You can always listen at LumberKings.com via the TuneIn Radio app. Wherever you are, Lumber Kings baseball, it will be on the air, all 139 games of the Marlins single-A affiliate. Thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you next week.